0: Welcome to Scale School, my friends. I'm Dan Bolton and my purpose here is simple. I wanna help you increase the scalability of your coaching or consulting business so as it gets bigger, life gets better. Here we will be talking everything from getting clients, keeping clients, teams, leadership, but most importantly, making scaling simple and fun again. Thanks so much for tuning in and I hope you get a ton out of today's episode.
1: For those who don't know, maybe you can Tell so a few words about you. How how you came here, and how is uh, what's your history like in online business and even before yeah. that? I think it will be interesting.
0: Of course, absolutely. Thank you for having me here. Dob- uto. To everybody here. (laughs) Um, It's it's great to be here. I am not only English, I'm from New Zealand, so I have an accent and I'm slightly sick. So if there's kind of like a husky, sexy voice going on, uh, I apologize if you can't understand me. I'll try and speak slow and Peter here can act as my interpreter uh, if at any point he needs to. So um, as mentioned, my name is Dan. I grew up in New Zealand. I'm just curious, has anyone been to New Zealand? Does anyone want to go to New Zealand? Yeah. Great. Okay. We got some, we got some interest there. So I lived in New Zealand for most of my life. So I'm 33. Uh, I moved away from New Zealand just about two years ago. We live in Bali uh, right now. Um, The follow-up question I always get when I say I live in Bali is people ask, do you live in the Bali? Like it's like, you know, the official place. And uh, yes, I live in the Bali. And um, it's amazing here. It's uh, very hot. I don't know what it's like in kind of Croatian summers, but it gets pretty warm here and stays pretty warm here year round. And I grew up in, in New Zealand. Um, I dropped out of high school when I was 16. I've never been back to school, didn't go to university or anything like that. And when I was 18, I found myself at a church and I took a job working with the teenagers of that church and I became a youth pastor. So I don't know if that translates in terms of <laughs> like youth pastor working with the church, kind of like a priest, but not. Um, and so that was me from 18 years old to uh, 28 years old, so just shy of 10 years and In 2018, um, I don't know how long many of you have been doing your own business or been online and things like that, but there was a a guy by the name of Ty Lopez, uh, especially in the English speaking world, he was really big. And he was talking about this idea of social media marketing. And so I had been uh, in as a pastor for a really long time. That was the only world I knew. I wasn't making much money at all. Every week, we were fighting to make ends meet. So when it came to time to finishing that in April 2018, I knew really just one thing, Uh, two things, I, I guess to say. The first is I feel like I'm unemployable. I don't know if I could work for anyone else ever again. I also didn't have great skills or college degrees or anything like that. And number two, I wanted to figure out how to make as much money as I could to kind of make up for all the years I made no money. And so I stepped into business in April 2018. And the easiest way to describe my business at that point is I did everything for everyone. So my first five clients, I was working with a real estate agent. I was coaching them on how to get leads. I was working with a personal trainer, helping them get leads uh, online as like an online fitness professional. I was working with a grocery store, uh, managing their social media. I was running ads for an insurance company. And then I was building a website for a construction business. So no clear niche, no clear offer. And over the next two years, uh, I learned a lot of lessons, made some money, lost some money, and basically developed an agency that became really specialized in working with coaches or consultants. And flash forward, the the next kind of four years of the story was uh, just getting really focused on helping coaches get clients online. And so I have had big teams, didn't really like that, have now got a really small team and like my business a lot. And have uh, in the last five years, made about $7.5 million online and have learned lots of lessons and hopefully can transfer some of those lessons uh, and mistakes to you guys on this call so you don't have to learn the same lessons and make the same mistakes uh, that I made to kind of get to where I am.
1: Perfect. Thank you. It was great, great introduction. And let's start. I, I just w- when I woke up in the morning, so I post that your Instagram got shut down today, right?
0: It did. It did. Yeah, I, there was a period <laughs> of time where I was like, the Instagram was shut down. I couldn't get into my Facebook or my messenger. Um and uh, for any of you, I don't know if you use Facebook or, or Instagram as your primary channel or platform, but yeah, a lot of a lot of thoughts racing through my mind in that moment. Uh, so who knows what happens with my Instagram? Um, we'll see. But yeah, that was uh, t- that was this morning's wake up.
1: Yeah, I, I know it. It would be like nightmare for many of of people here if their Facebook or Instagram account got shut down. And let let's start with some mindset things and how how you handle it now and how would you handle it like five years ago? I mean, what, what is like your uh, transformation in, in in mindset and handling this situation in business?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So one of the things that you'll focus on when you first get started is we focus on the exterior. So we focus on the outside stuff, the funnels, the ads, the sales scripts, trying to find the perfect way to present content, trying to create the perfect offer. And those things are really important. One of the things that I've realized is that we overemphasize strategy and we underemphasize the personal game of becoming the right person to run the stream business. So one of my great friends and mentor was a guy called Alex Schaff and he's based out of Austin, Texas in, in the USA. He says this, he says, if you haven't become, uh, if you don't yet have the business that you want, it's because you haven't become the person who can run it yet. And I didn't understand that for a really long time because, uh, does anyone here know what ClickFunnels is? ClickFunnels the the software. Yeah, so there's a tagline in ClickFunnels world that says you are one funnel away. And that might be true for some people, for sure. It definitely was not true for me. And In fact, I did a lot of one funnels and I was never just one funnel away. And one of the things that I've realized is so much of the game of business is is things like how do we change and level up the way that we're thinking? How do we master our emotions so when bad things happen, they don't take us out and discourage us for days or weeks at a time? And so this morning was really interesting because you know I primarily get leads and clients through Facebook and Instagram. And so I woke up and I go to log into my Instagram and I can't get into it. And it says I've been shut down. And I go to log into my Facebook and I can't get into it. And a few years ago, that would have freaked me out. I would have been like code red, you know, red flashing light, scary, terrified, what am I going to do? My business is over. But this morning was really interesting because I just kind of didn't really mind. And it wasn't because I don't care about having Facebook or Instagram. I'd prefer to have them up. But because I've understand understood that over the last few years, I've spent so much time developing myself, upgrading my beliefs, mastering my emotions, learning really good skills, that you could take a platform away from me, like Facebook or Instagram, but i would I would just go wherever I could go next and bring that same skill set and that same person I've become to that new opportunity, that new platform. And I think people underestimate the power of building skills. Like for me, i've even I've even entertained scenarios in my mind uh, of the internet going down. Like can you imagine what would happen in your business if the internet disappeared? For most of us, we would have no business, right? Business is like good one day and the next day doesn't exist. But for me, I'm so confident in my skill set that I would figure out how to take the skills of marketing, sales, of working with people, and I would try and use an avenue that doesn't require the internet. Now, of course, that's tough. That's worst case scenario. But my point being, when you invest in yourself through mentorship, through building skills, through doing the work, you t- you develop things and build things that no one and nothing can take away from you. So I could start today with zero audience, with no business, and Facebook and Instagram could shut me down, but I still have the skills and experience that I would take with me into whatever industry or platform that I would use from here. And so I think that's been a huge lesson for me over the last few years is the power of working on personal development, on developing yourself of self mastery. And uh, so, you know, waking up this morning and hopefully getting my Instagram back, it's really not too big of a deal because they may take my Instagram away, but they cannot take my skills. And so I have a lot of confidence in that.
1: Yeah. I think that's a great lesson. And you, you were mentioning, um, Skills are important. So, what is if if I ask you what are skills that are most important to have like successful online business?
0: Yeah. So I, the two that come to mind, and there are lots. Like to build a let's say like who here aspires to one day in the next ten years build run a million dollar business? Anyone here would love to make a million dollars to their business, right? Perfect. What about what about six figures? Right? Somewhere between six and six figures would probably capture most people here. And one of the things I've realized is that there are certain skills that are required to get from one level to the next. Now, of course, there are lots of skills. Uh, When you build a team, you've got to learn to lead. You've got to learn to delegate. You've got to learn to manage people. Those are really hard skills to build. But when I was just starting out, and if I was to start over again, the two skills that I would invest the most time in is number one, copywriting. Getting really good at building influence and persuasion and building connection with people through the written word. So whether you're writing Instagram posts, whether you're writing uh, an email, with you' building a sales page, Having copywriting skills is such a transferable thing that you could take from offer to offer, from niche to niche, from business to business. So copywriting is so key. The second thing is sales. You know what's really funny about sales for me is I wouldn't say I'm a ninja salesperson, but I've sold millions of dollars through the phone myself. And so, having the skills of sales is so key because, again, like I said, if the internet was wiped out for me, i would I could step into real estate, I could step into insurance sales. There are so many things that that skill set would transfer having learned to build rapport with people, build connection with people, and sell things that solve problems for people. So I'd say that like those would be my top two, Peter, in terms of the skill sets that I'd really emphasize people should be building is uh, copywriting and sales. And I think a lot comes from that. Like then obviously you can take copywriting skills and you can get better on video, right? With sales, it also talking about appointment setting and closing on on the phone. But if you focus on those two skills, they really compound and build in such a powerful way that even when you're at six figures, multiple six figures, seven figures, you don't lose those skills. You don't stop using them. You just keep building on them one year after the next. So those would be my top two skills that people should focus on.
1: Great, great, amazing. Um, and uh, one, I know you, you have a lot of mentors and uh, now Alex Carmozzi is really like popular guy. I know you're pretty close with him and you work with him so, sometime, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we worked together so in uh, I, 2021.
1: Yeah, and how, how was your experience working with, with Alex? What are the most important things you, you learned from him?
0: Yeah. So I found Alex in 2018. So he was doing good. He was doing a great business at that time, but he had a really small following. So I was one of a few thousand people that followed him on Instagram and he was just posting things around gyms, as obviously would make sense. He wasn't talking to general business people. He was posting graphics on like how to improve your show up rate for for gym memberships and things like that. And um, we started conversations way back then because I was just... he He would drop a podcast and it was about gyms, but I would listen to it and go, man, this is way beyond just gyms. This is good even for me and my business. And so I would just send him a message and just say like, hey... This is amazing. Thanks so much for putting it out. And I just keep being that positive person in his DMs for a really long time. And we struck up a conversation end of 2020 where he was stepping away from gym launch and stepping into acquisition.com, which is what he's doing now. And long story short, we we got to work together for a few months in 2021. And one of the things that was really interesting was we, when we started working together, we kicked off with an eight hour uh, call. And because I was in New Zealand and he was in Austin, he was starting in his morning. I was starting at 2 a.m. Now I know some of you guys are up early, but I'm sure none of you are up at 2 a.m. right now, right? And so it was like 2 a.m. to 10 a.m. my time. And we did eight hours together, just me and him on a Zoom, going through every area of my business, looking at what was working, what wasn't working, what the future could look like, different projects and so on and so forth. And I remember getting off the phone with him and having this overwhelming sense of, oh no, there really is no secret. Like he had given me some great insight on that call, but basically what I realized that laid before me was just a lot of work, a lot of hard work. And one of the things that I I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with is the sense that they are missing something in their business. Now, of course, sometimes you are, you're missing a strategy. That's why you've hired someone like Peter you need mentorship. But we we sometimes never lose that sense that there's a secret out there that we need to find. Oh, if I just find the right Instagram script, if I find the right way to post on, on stories, then I'm going to get a stack of clients. Strategy is important, but execution is the most important. And what one of the things that Homozi taught me the most was the secret is, there is no secret. And so for most people, it's not that they're waiting for some amazing strategy to, to kind of fall from the heavens and hit them in the brain and go, this is what you need and everything becomes easy. Oftentimes what we need is just on the other side of the boring work of doing what we know actually works. Like for many of you in your business, there are things that you are doing right now that are working that three months from now, you think you've outgrown, right? Oh, I've been posting on stories or sending messages to people for a while and now I'm like looking for something new. But the reality is, is that for many of us, it's not that we should stop doing the things that are working. It's that we need to stay consistent at the things that are working. So one of the things he taught me was that many entrepreneurs struggle with throwing intensity at new things, right? We were looking for the new project, the new funnel that we can launch, rather than throwing consistency at the old things that we know already work. So I I got so many lessons from both working with him and from following him over the last few years. But I would say that was the most confronting lesson that I got was that the secret is there is no secret. You just have to find a strategy that works and keep working it until it works for you
1: yeah that's that's a great lesson because especially in in today's world like there is lots of information and and everything and you always think there is maybe something what i don't know but actually everything is online everything is actually free and uh, i think most of that goes to that okay how you implement that information you you Mm -hmm. know and what are the steps and this what you said, consistency is definitely um the key so let's go a bit back to to mindset um how you keep consistent like what what's the advice for people because i know people like to jump from one thing to other and this what you said oh stories were working now it's not now i go to something else how to keep yourself in mind consistent about things that gave a result and keep doing that.
0: Yeah. I I want to ask everyone a question. So if you don't mind, if you're on this call, can you drop into the chat right now? What is your current revenue goal that you're working towards? What's, What's the revenue goal, the money goal that you're currently working towards in your business? Just drop it in the chat. 20K per month, 5K per month, 10K, 5K, 10K, 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 and so on and so forth. Thanks for dropping that in. Appreciate that. So here is what I've learned about money goals for a lot of people is that we make stuff up and we find a number and we just stick it on the the whiteboard or we put it in our brains and then we work towards it. The problem is that most people set goals that actually mean nothing for them. So in in my world, everyone aspires to a hundred K a month. Why do they aspire to hundred K a month? Because it's a nice round number and it sounds lovely. Like I had hundred K a month. That's fantastic. Or, or, seven figures, but here's what I've learned is the more powerful way to set money goals to then stay consistent towards it is do an exercise where you map out what your dream ideal life would cost you every single month. So rather than just saying 5K or 10K or 15K and just kind of making up a number, think about profit, money that you're actually going to take home and ask yourself, what is my ideal dream life actually cost me? What would that number be per month? And one of the things that I found that people really struggle with consistency around is when the the goal actually doesn't motivate them. So when they start, if you're anything like me, the goal is really simple. Make some money so I'm not broke anymore, right? <laughs> like I, I wanna be able to pay the bills, fantastic. I don't wanna be scared about missing rent. I wanna be able to pay for dinner. I wanna be able to pay for groceries, all of that. Beyond that, you have to tap into vision energy. It's no longer about scarcity. I just need to get my needs met. It's about aspiration. What life am I trying to create for myself? Who am I trying to become? And so the first thing I think everyone needs to do is get crystal clear, not just on a vague, meaningless money goal, but a meaningful money goal. What number that if you were to hit it in the next 12 months would actually impact your life in a powerful, beautiful, inspiring way. When you lack consistency is oftentimes you have forgotten the reason why you're doing this in the first place. So when you set aside time to cultivate a vision and then revisit that vision often. Not just thinking about a random number, 20K, 50K, 100K, but you start to think about this meaningful money goal that you're moving towards and you start to remember the impact it's going to have on you, your family, your loved ones. You're going to be able to give money away. It's going to mean you're going to be able to take more vacations. You're going to be able to afford certain things. It becomes so much more inspiring to get through the obstacles and get through the challenges and stay consistent. When people struggle with consistency, oftentimes, it's because they've lost a sense of vision. The second thing is, is that people believe that, like I said before, they're one funnel away or they're one strategy away. And so one of the things that causes people to stay inconsistent is they overthink. So there's a strategy that's working, but then due to overthinking and second guessing ourselves and doubting it, We might have one bad day or one bad week or one bad month. All of a sudden, we're looking for a brand new flashy strategy. We think we need to start a new offer. We need to pivot. We need to change. And of course, there are times where we need to do that. But more often than not, we just need to do the work more consistently, optimize improve what's not working. Like if we're sending messages and no one's responding, it's not that people don't respond to cold messages. It's that we need to tweak the messages we're sending. We need to might change. We need to maybe change who we're sending those messages to. If you're posting content and it's not working, It's not that content doesn't work. It's that maybe the content you're posting isn't working. And so rather than being inconsistent and changing the strategy, you need to change the way you're executing the strategy so you can still stay consistent within it. So I would say those two things are the two biggest reasons I see people staying inconsistent is number one, not having goals that are actually inspiring to them. Number two, uh, second guessing themselves and overthinking themselves away from consistency and into a brand new shiny object direction.
1: Amazing. Yeah. That's a, that's a great lesson about, because uh, that, that shift, like meaningful goal, why you actually want that is definitely the thing that, that moves you forward. And now when people have that goal, you mentioned like, um, okay, we have uh, two important skills that you mentioned, cooperating and sales and sales. Uh, Let's go a bit on sales. Um, How, is your sales process now in your business and mm-hmm. how it was before and and how you actually came to, to this stage where you're now in, in sales? Yeah,
0: great question. So who here is familiar with Tony Robbins? Yep, perfect. Most most of everybody. Great. So Tony Robbins has a great quote that I think applies to sales really well. He says, success is 80% psychology, 20% strategy. And so for me. I sold millions of dollars over the phone. And then the next stage was I built a sales team that were taking the sales calls for me. And one of the things I realized when it came to sales was that it's 80% your confidence and certainty that you bring into the sales conversation. So I don't even really know many sales scripts. Like I've been through courses and there was a guy called Sam Ovens that some of you may be familiar with. I did his course in 2018. That was really helpful. I got a sales script out of that. But The thing that helped me make the most sales was having a conviction that what I had to sell would really help people. So, so Peter, give me some context for a second. What do most people sell on this call? Is, it, is most of it weight loss and kind of fitness?
1: There is actually a mix of everything. It's mostly services. Uh, so, it's fitness, uh, coaching, um, then some mar- more mar- like marketing agency skills. Perfect. Uh, yeah. So, actually, it's mostly services on online. Perfect.
0: Cool. So the most important thing when it comes to selling a lot is having a high level of conviction that what you're doing is really meaningful and truly helps people. It sounds so simple, but if you don't have that belief, when you go into a sales call, you're not going to close them, even if you have the best script and the best line. So that's why everything starts with creating a really good offer. Right? The offer isn't just about having lots of fancy things. I do this and this and this and this and this, and it's guaranteed. It's not just about that. It's about actually truly believing that you really help people. And so when you think about that, it makes making money so much easier because it's less about getting money on a sales call and more about helping people make the right decision to help themselves. So when you're in a sales conversation and you believe that what you do truly helps people, the only first goal you have on a call is figuring out, does this person need help in the way I provide it, right? Then the second thing is helping them see that. And so that was what I focused the first few years on was really raising that level of conviction and belief, making sure that I always had an offer that I believed in, always remember that this was not about making money. This was about helping people. And the more I focused on helping people, the more money I made. And so I evolved over time in my first couple of years, I was taking all the sales calls myself. And then I got to a point that many business owners get to where you kind of burn out on that. And I was getting to the point where I was like looking at my calendar and seeing sales calls. And I I just wanted to vomit. I was like, oh no, I can't take another sales call. Like I'm over it, I can't do it anymore. So then the next iteration was getting other people to uh, take the sales calls for me. But the same thing went. I had to make sure that their psychology and their belief in what we sold was the main thing that they brought to those sales calls. The script, objection handling, the offer, all of that was important, but it was secondary to their own conviction and belief. And then over time, what I realized was you can actually sell through your marketing. So it's not just about, getting people onto a call and then walking them through a script and getting them to buy what you have. It's actually about shifting beliefs. So let's say, for example, um, Peter, give me give me an example here. For the weight loss coaches, would there be any people here that have a specific diet that they get people to follow?
1: Yeah, I know some have like, uh, let's say example, keto diet.
0: Keto diet, great. Let's, let's run with the keto diet. So when you have weak marketing, what happens on a sales call when you're selling weight loss for the keto diet is you now have to spend a lot of time on that sales call, convincing people that the keto diet is right for them. And just, just think about your offer for a second. If you sell Facebook ads, if you sell marketing services, whatever it might be, when you have weak marketing, what happens is you have to spend a lot of time convincing people on sales calls why your way is the best way. But the best marketing shift that, shifts those beliefs before they get onto a call. So your marketing should be focused on convincing people why the keto diet or your offer and service is going to be the thing they need before they jump on a sales call. So now you're talking to someone who's already convinced on the keto diet. They already think you're an amazing person. Now the sale is just about whether or not your offer is right for them. And so one of the things that I realized was if I focused more time on creating really good marketing, both through copywriting and through video, that shifted people's beliefs, now I could make the sale really easy. And so now I sell $18,000 programs, like 18,000 USD, 100% through chat. So no sales call whatsoever. And it's because my marketing is doing the selling for me. It's shifting the beliefs. And so don't think for a second that you have to choose between either or, like you either have great marketing and then you can sell via via DMs through chat. You can have both. So if you focus on shifting beliefs and selling in your marketing, getting people to understand why the ketogenic diet or why your version of whatever that is, is perfect for them. Now the sale becomes way easier and you sell via calls and the calls become easier or you sell via chat and the chat, the sales through chat become really easy because your marketing has done so much of the sales heavy lifting for you.
1: Great. And in which stage you would recommend someone, to get from calls to the messages because people usually try to go back back way try to get first in the in the messages and that it, it most times it doesn't work at the start um so uh, i think i think that you need definitely go through experience of calls because it gives you much better um knowledge of, of communication with, with people in the dms later but when is the point and what are the things people need to have to, to switch to, to sales and messages.
0: Yeah, that's a, a really great point. So firstly, there's no perfect time. There's not like you hit this amount of revenue and all of a sudden you should shift over. Some people I know firstly love sales calls. So if that's you, you don't even need to worry about DMs. Just keep selling via calls. But one of the things I've, I've realized is firstly, like you said, Peter, building the skills of the uh, building sales skills through calls is so powerful. Because if you only do DMs, you miss a lot of what actually gets people to buy in the first place. So for example, in the way that I sell in DMs, in the document I send over, it deals with a lot of the objections that I know people have. And I know that they have them because I got them on sales calls. So I got all of these sales calls and all this experience. And then I understood what really makes people buy and what people, what what doesn't. So going through a period of sales calls is so key. There are a couple of key things that I think about when I'm talking to people who are thinking about shifting to DMs. The first is you should have some cash in the bank. That's really key. You don't want to switch to DMs if all of a sudden you're freaked out if this person is going to buy or not. Like if you're worried that, man, if I was just doing a call, I would get this money and get this client. But if I'm doing it through DMs, I'm not sure now because I'm testing it out new. You don't want that, that that level of fear in the sales process. The second thing is, I really look for is if, if you have a recurring revenue of some kind. So if you know that already you've already got money coming in, it just builds that level of safety and confidence that as you try this new thing through DMs, it can be really, really helpful. And then obviously the thing that makes both those possible is your profit margins. So if your profit margins are good and you're stacking cash and now you're not so freaked out as to whether or not someone's going to buy or not, then you can start to test. And here's what's really cool. If you were going to change from sales calls to DMs, it's not like you have to turn off sales calls completely and move 100% to DMs. You could do a mix of both. For example, if you wanted wanting to try this out, you could uh, have a chat with someone, see if they have a need that you can solve, see if they have a pain that you can help with, and then you could send them through a document walking them through all of your offer. On the other side of that, you could then book a short sales call where they already have all the information. Now they're just going to ask you questions and you can deal with objections and things like that. Eventually, you might get so confident with that that you can eliminate that call completely. You can improve your document. And now all of a sudden the document is doing most of the heavy lifting in sales for you. The other thing I would consider is content and audience, right? So now that I've moved to 100% selling without sales calls, firstly, business is a lot simpler. But it means uh, I was able to do that because I have an audience that trusts me and I create a lot of content that does that pre-selling for me. So every week there's between an hour to two hours of content that goes on my YouTube. Most days I'm posting on Facebook and on stories, and I'm also sending emails. And so a lot of that content is doing the heavy lifting of sales for me, which makes selling in the DM so much easier. So just to reiterate, there's no black and white, you do this and then you can sell via calls. It's also a gut feeling thing, But I would be looking for cash in the bank, profit margins and recurring revenue so that if you were to test it, you're not freaking out on the first day going, oh my gosh, I lost the sale. Am I doing the right thing? You have cash in the bank. You have a vision for the business you're trying to build without sales calls. And you're not as worried about losing a sale all too as you're figuring out the system.
1: Great, amazing. Yeah, I I agree with that because I I also went through that process before I was doing calls. Now it's almost 100% in the DMs, but I, I... from my side i know it's most about mindset and about your beliefs because when you when you feel you can do it when you believe you can do it it's much much easier than when you don't when, when you're under pressure it's it's really hard um, 100% let's see okay we, we have some question related to this in the in the chat uh, to send a document uh, such as google sheet versus a landing page does it matter and why
0: Yeah, so i don't think it matters in the sense of It's not that one works and one doesn't. Firstly, you don't need something really fancy. So let me just walk everyone through. Would it be okay if I shared my document with everyone? Would everyone like to see that? Perfect. I'm sure everyone loves that. Um, So let me just bring this up here for a second. Um, what's really important is, uh, as I'm sharing this, firstly, it's in English. I apologize. Uh, I have not yet mastered writing in Croatian. Um, but what's really important is not that you, you take what I've done and you go, okay, this is what I need to do, but you see the simplicity of it. So firstly, I spend the first few paragraphs talking about who this is for. This is really important because I'm trying to, uh, polarize people. I'm trying to make the right people go, this is for me. And the wrong people go, this is, I'm not interested. This is not for me. This is not what I'm looking for. So that's what this first piece is all about. Second piece is about my story and how I came to build the business that I have. Now, this is important for me because I do what I teach. So I'm a business coach and a lot of people who work with me want to have a business similar to mine. For you, if you're selling weight loss, it might be your own journey of weight loss. You might be focused on a client's journey of weight loss. The point is people understanding why the ketogenic diet is so important or why your unique mechanism or method is going to work for them. So I walk through this. I then talk about the old way and the new way. This is a really powerful marketing tool that if you haven't already, I don't know if it's available in Croatian, but our uh, Expert Secrets by Russell Brunson. It's an amazing book. And basically everyone is looking for a new opportunity. People are looking for the shiny object, the thing that's going to take them away from the pain that they're facing into the direction they want to go, into the better future, the better version of who they are. And so you can talk about the old way. And so again, if we're talking about weight loss, the old way might be hours of cardio every day not eating the foods that you love, going to social events and not being able to eat with your friends and family, right? All the things that people from highly restrictive diets uh, experience. And then you can talk about the new way as like all the benefits of that ketogenic diet. And again, that metaphor of whatever that might be for you with your offer. So the old way and the new way. And I walk through what the community covers. Now, here's the the piece that I, I keep on to reiterating. I want the content to sell for me. So if at this point people don't have a lot of context about me or they've got lots of questions, I just send them towards videos. Then here it's like all the things that we cover in the uh, community that I'm selling. And then here's how it's delivered. Really straightforward. Scroll down. And then how does it work? Commitment pricing. And then uh, at the end, it's literally just, let me know if you want to get out on this. Let me know if you feel like this could be what you're looking for. So As you can see, this is really casual. Now this could be on a landing page, but the point is that you don't want to put so much pressure on yourself. Like you've got to write a 10 page sales letter, right? If you're feeling like you have to do that, you just need to spend more time marketing. Again, you want your marketing to pre-sell people. So at this point, I'm not assuming people don't know who I am. The only people I send this document to, they've been following me for a while, they've watched my content, that's one of the first questions that I ask. And the second thing is, at this point, they should already know that they like my values, they like the kind of business that I build, the kind of business that I teach others to build. And at this point, they're just trying to figure out if what I have is gonna be helpful for where they're at, which is why it's so simple in the way that it's laid out.
1: amazing this was really great great value thank you thank you for sharing that You're welcome. um and you, you mentioned that content is really important in that process shifting beliefs and of course getting people to actually ask you okay how i can work with you so what is your main changes you made in your content in the last few years um which gives you like more inbound leads more mm-hmm. um M- more shifting in their beliefs and actually make sales easier.
0: Yeah, 100%. So, um what's really interesting and again I I ha- I don't know all of you, I haven't been to your Instagrams and if I did I wouldn't even understand what's written, right? But I can guarantee that for most of you, you're you're teaching what I call expert content. So you're teaching people things and that is valuable to a point, but one of the beliefs that I had to shift was that people aren't working with me not just because they don't have enough information on on what i teach. So again, let's take the ketogenic diet, diet example. Most health coaches only teach health and fitness. And so if you go through their page, that's all they're talking about. Here is the workout split that i did or here's a workout split i recommend. Here is the diet i recommend. Here's why you shouldn't eat breakfast. Here's why you need to prioritize sleep. Here's why, why you need to drink more uh, water. And that's all good, but here's what I think that uh, happens for most people is they come across as smart, but boring, right? Because there are so many people who are saying things similar to you. It's really hard to stand out. So I think having content like that is really important, but that's just a part of the overall content strategy. The second thing you really need to understand is that people don't just buy what you do. They buy who you are. They don't just buy what you do. They buy who you are. And so in order for someone to hand over hundreds or thousands of dollars to you, they need to feel a sense of connection. So earlier this year, um, I bought some chickens, like some some hens to lay eggs at my house. And so I have five chickens uh, at my house. And I didn't mention earlier, but I'm married. Uh, in two weeks, it'll be our 11-year anniversary. And I've got two boys. I've got a seven-year-old and a four-year-old. And I thought it'd be cool to get chickens because I was born on a farm, but then I lived in a city my whole life. And so now that we're in Bali, we've got some grass, I wanted to get some chickens. And one of the, one of the interesting things happened was when I started posting about getting chickens, I started getting more clients. Now this sounds really silly, right? Because I don't sell chickens, right? (laughs) Like that's not, people aren't buying into me because I now have chickens and like, fantastic, we love chickens, we'll take 10, right? That's not what was happening. What was happening was people were starting to understand more of my values and my personality. People were experiencing a personal connection with me. And so ignore chickens for a second. You right now have hobbies you have values, you have things that you do in your life. So outside of the thing you sell that you're really passionate about, health and fitness, marketing services, whatever it might be, there is a human side to you that you need to share more of. So just drop in the chat, if you could drop it in English for my stupid English speaking brain, I would love to know, what are some of the hobbies that you have outside of the thing that you sell? What are some of the things that you love doing in your spare time, the things that you're passionate about? Table tennis and salsa. I love that. Traveling, reading business books, horse riding, riding a motorcycle, acting. I love it. Basketball, dogs, horse riding, mountain biking, trail running. So these are all great examples of what I would call your personal brand pillars. And everyone has personal brand pillars and it's not stuff we pretend to like, it's stuff we actually like. So it's not you thinking right now, Dan's telling me to get chickens because that's going to help me get clients. If you don't want to get chickens, don't get chickens because it won't help you get clients because you don't want to pretend to be someone you're not. You want to share who you actually are. And so what was interesting to me when I was on this content journey is everything I did at the start, I was just trying to educate people. I was trying to tell them information, but people don't have an information uh, a lack of information. They have a lack of connection, which is why they're not buying from us. And have you ever had a call with someone where they asked you how you're different than other competitors? Have you ever had that before? Or like, I can get this cheaper from someone else. Do you know that never happens to me now, but that used to happen to me all the time because now I realized there was only one Dan Bolton. And when I was trying to just be this coach online, teaching people stuff, there was also... Thousands of other cultures that were focused on teaching people stuff. And there's only so many things you can teach before we all look and sound the same. And so the quickest way to stand out is not some insane marketing hack, it's sharing more of who you are. So if you're into salsa and horse riding, it's not that people who are also interested in uh, salsa and horse riding are are gonna work with you. It's not that that's the case. It's that people start to understand more of who you are. So if you love travel, you will attract people into your world who also love travel or who aspire to travel, right? It's the values that you have that speak to the values in other people. There's a saying that I love and I hope it translates from English to Croatian, okay? Your vibe, who you are, attracts your tribe, your group of people. So who you are, attracts the type of people that you actually want to, like, you don't attract what you want, you attract who you are. And so the biggest piece of advice I could give any of you is to start sharing more of your personal life and your values and your hobbies in your content. It's not just coming across smarter because now people have AI and AI is smarter than all of us. And so if your content looks like it's written by chat GPT, right? Everyone's content can look like that because they can pay a couple of bucks a month and have ChatGPT write all their content. What you want to do is infuse your content with you, the person that no one can compete with, the person that no one else is like. And when you do that, you start to attract people who feel personally connected to you and you build that no like, and trust factor. We'll
1: close the call after this. <laughs> <laughs> I think, okay, I, I think everyone can... One to ten, how useful was was this? I, I mean this 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 part about content is definitely like probably most valuable thing everyone can get today. Um, because I know a lot of people have problem with um content and getting mm-hmm. con- content that converts people and build trust and, and everything, which is actually first part of the of the sales process that um, well and here's,
0: here's what I'll say real quick. A lot of people get stuck in their head creating content because they're coming at it from trying to impress people. And we're trying to teach people. We're trying to be really, really smart. It becomes so much easier when your job with content shifts from, I'm trying to be an expert to I'm sharing who I am as a human. And we have this whole thing around niches, right? And we think like for some of you, let's just go with the weight loss example. I help women, uh, I help moms use the ketogenic diet to get their pre-baby body back. That's a great niche, right? But here's where niches become really powerful is when you realize that you other niche. Like you don't just stand out in the market by speaking to like a really small group of people. That's an important piece, but the real power comes in standing out when you own who you are, your voice, your personality, your values, your beliefs, your convictions. So let's take an example that we can all appreciate because none of us live in America as far as I know, right? In America, it's such a political society. The country is split basically in two, Republicans and Democrats, right? Everyone know what I'm talking about, right? We all look and laugh at America because it's just so crazy to most of us. Like I'm from New Zealand and it's like people don't really live and think like that when it comes to political beliefs. But in America, it's so strong. So if you're an outspoken Republican, but you also help people lose weight with the ketogenic diet, who do you think you're most likely to attract? People who want to lose weight with the ketogenic diet who are also Republican. That's an example of a really obvious uh effect that happens when we share our beliefs we start to attract people who think like us we're not starting to attract people we don't want to attract people who are exactly like us that's not the point. The point is not trying to find people who love everything we do just the way we do it but we're trying to attract people who share our values who share our vision who share our worldview And so when we step into uh being ourselves online we create a whole different category for ourselves. I, I remember hearing a quote recently on a, a podcast by a guy called Tim Ferris and he was interviewing this amazing guy called Kevin Kelly. And Kevin Kelly had a great quote. He said, don't be the best, be the only. Don't be the best, be the only. And I think many of you could benefit from believing that when it comes to your journey and your business, you are not out here trying to pretend you were the best weight loss coach on the planet. Because let's be honest, none of us really own that title in our space. Now you might be amazing at what you do, but chances are you can probably think, That there might be someone who's smarter, who's been in the game longer, who's worked with more clients. But what you can really stand out and where you can really stand out is by being the only, going all in on your story, your experiences, your values. And that's just a quick note why your story is so important. You want to not just share where you are. You want to share how you got to where you are. So I have a unique story where I was working in a church for nine years before becoming a marketer. That doesn't mean I'm going to attract people who also worked in churches. Of course, sometimes that does. But more often than not, it's that people start to understand the type of person I am. I'm naturally more of a service helper oriented type person than a business person. I think I'm just using business as a vehicle to help people like I helped people for a long time making no money. And so, when you share your story, you start to really separate yourself from everyone else that sounds really smart online. You start to add substance and character, so people can connect with you at a deeper level.
1: Wow, that's 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 powerful. And um, okay, now we went through the content, the sale, and everything. But you, you're you have really great business, and your many years in in online business, you tried probably everything you can try online. Um, and, but you you never had as I know and and you mentioned that you never had like really big big following um uh, so how you manage to get constant um lead uh, flow of, yes. of lead coming? I love to this you. question like like yeah you, you know you're not like um 100k 200k followers no. uh, and you can easily get people so what was the was the secret because because people think oh I need a lot of followers to get more clients, to charge more. So let's talk a little bit about that. I
0: I would love to. I'm going to ask everyone a question again, if you could drop in the chat. How big is your following? How how many people would you consider to be a part of your audience? You might write your email list or your Instagram following. Just drop it in the chat. How big is your audience right now? 25K, 4K, 12K, 65,000, 7K. Man, a lot of you guys got me beat. 70K, this is wild. Okay, this is perfect for me to talk about. So get this. I've made $7.5 million off an audience of 7,500 people, seven and a half million dollars of an audience of seven and a half thousand people. Now, of course, where those people are based, what kind of like, like whether they're quality followers or not quality followers, that's all really important. So you might be thinking like right now with your audience of 70,000, I could never make that much money and the answer might be true you might need to get new followers and get better quality followers that can pay for your services but here's what's really important most people think they don't have enough leads and the truth is they just need to do better job with the leads they already have i'll say that again because i want the mic to drop on this call right most people think they're obsessed over like i just need more ads i need i need influencer shout outs i need to do way more work to get way more people into my world And lead flow is so crucial and you should always be focused on getting new people into your audience. But the problem that most people face is that they're not doing a great job with the leads they already have. So if you were to pause for a second and think through your hot leads right now, the people that might be ready to buy, for some of you, you don't think you have very many. But if you were to sit down and on your phone, pull out your phone and and go through all your contact list. You're you're literally the people you could text right now. You could make a list of people that might be a great fit for what you do and also might know someone who might be a great fit. If you went through your Instagram followers, your Facebook friends list, all of those things, chances are there are all of these people that actually could be a great fit for what you do. And so one of the most underrated things that all of us could spend more time doing is following up with people on our lists in our audience. There's an old sales saying that says the fortune is in the follow-up. So here's an example of how I do that. If I work with a client and then that client finishes up, they are not dead to me. I don't forget about them. I stay in touch all the time. So when I see an ex-client, for example, uh, have a new baby, move countries, buy a home, I, I send them a message. That's amazing. I just want to continue to build that relationship. So the amount of clients that have worked with me And then stop working with me and then work with me again and then stop working with me and then work with me again is more than I can count. So that's one example of like how I do follow up is I'm always trying to nurture the relationships I have in my world. There are also people in your world right now. That you that have been lurking around your content, liking stuff, commenting stuff, but you haven't had a conversation with them. That would be one pool of people. There are people you've had a, have a have a you've had a conversation with. They haven't booked a call, but they should. There are people who booked a call but didn't show. There are people who showed up but didn't buy. The question is not how do I get more leads. It's not only that. It's how do I do a better job with those leads and me following up with them over the long term. And so, Peter, translate this if this doesn't communicate the right way. But I have this saying called positive omnipresence, right? Would, would the word omnipresence translate? Yeah. Being yeah, everywhere I, I in the to chart. people. Perfect. Appreciate you. Peter, my right-hand man translator. Perfect. Okay, there we go. So this idea that I want to be a positive omnipresence people. See, here's what I mean. Oftentimes, we think follow-up is just getting people to want to buy our stuff. But there are only really two reasons why people aren't buying from us. Either the timing isn't right or the trust isn't there. Either the timing isn't right, right? How many of you have been on a sales call and they say, this is amazing. Give me three months. Give me six months. I'm moving house. I've got some expenses. Yeah. I'm getting some thumbs up, right? So that's that's a real thing that people face. Now, sometimes that's just an objection, which leads me to the second thing, which is that they don't trust us enough. And either this breaks down into three things. I want everyone to follow me on this. Either they don't trust you, They don't trust your process, meaning they don't trust the ketogenic diet. They don't trust that Facebook ads are going to work for them, whatever it is you sell, or they don't trust your program, that your program is going to be the right fit for them. So if you think about the weight loss space, for example, there are many ways that you can lose weight. There are many diets, but even think about this, the difference between dieting and liposuction, getting the fat cut out of your body, same result, very different ways to achieve that goal. And so what people have to trust is firstly, that they vibe with you, they connect with you. There has to be no like and trust between you and them. They have to trust that your way is the best way for them. And you need to give them a compelling reason to believe why the ketogenic diet is better than just counting calories, better than just liposuction. And the third thing is they have to understand what value is in it for them when it comes to your offer, when it comes to your program, when it comes to your service, the way that you offer it. Why this is important is because when we are, trying to make more sales, all we're thinking about is the sale. But if we think about the idea of trust, it actually becomes really different. So a couple of key things when it comes to follow-up. The first is this idea of positive omnipresence is I want to be a positive person in this prospect's life, in this potential client's life. So when they post a story celebrating someone, when they celebrate something, when they've just had an amazing milestone, when they share something funny. I want to be one of the first people to respond back to them. I want to be a positive person in their life. I want to be checking in on them, seeing how they're going, celebrating them with things, following up with things that they told me they were doing. So if they say, I can't uh, join right now, I'm moving house. Three weeks from now, I'm going to check in. How did the house move go? Right? Positive omnipresence. The second thing is, we can nurture people through content and training. So for example, if you create a video Or an article or a post that you think could be really valuable for people think through your list of people that you could potentially work with and send that to them hey peter hope you're doing amazing i just created a training on xyz would you like me to send it over i just thought of you thought it might be helpful staying top of mind for people is really really key now this last piece is really important sometimes people need to be challenged to leave their comfort zone right So some people like who here can think of someone that needs to pay them today because they need your help, right? Anyone, right? There are people in your world right now that you probably think of. They just need to give me money so that I can change their life. And so sometimes you need to be direct. And here's one of the best ways that I I know to be direct. And again, Peter, if you need to translate this by all means, my favorite questions to send to someone who was on the fence and should be buying, but isn't, is I say something like, Hey, I'm curious. I know you've been on the fence uh, about working together for a while, what would it need to look like to be a no-brainer for us to work together? And one of the things that happens when you are really direct with people like that is sometimes, you know what's really funny? You ask that question and some people just come back and say, great question. I don't know why I'm waiting. Let's work together. Fantastic. You've just got a client. But sometimes people bring up really valid things. Oh, it's it's uh, because I don't have enough money. And you go, totally get it. No worries. Just so we're on the same page. If money wasn't a challenge, would you still be 100% interested in moving forward? And if they say, yes, fantastic. You now know that they trust you. They trust your process. They they trust the program. Now you need to see to figure out the obstacles that are keeping them from holding them back. And maybe you need to get creative with payment plans and things like that. Um, And sometimes people just need a follow-up call. Oh, I still have questions around the offer. I still have questions around whether this would work for me. You just go, totally get it. Would it be helpful if we jumped on a call and I can walk walk you through some of these concerns to see if this would be the right next step for you? And so when you think about follow-up like this, that firstly, we don't just need more leads. We need to do a better job with the leads that we already have. And you think about this idea of number one, being positive omnipresence, being someone who's positive, reaching out to people, keeping relationships alive. That's number one. Number two is nurturing people through content and trainings and posts and things like that, that are going to continue to add value to them and help you, sh- help them show, uh, help you show them You're the person. This is the right method. This is the right program. And then number three, being really direct in your follow-up when you feel like the time is right. I feel like if you do those three things, you become really efficient at at handling your leads and you make way more money from a smaller audience of people.
1: I I think this can be like 60-minute guide to successful online business. (laughs) This this was amazing. I I know we are close to to the time. Let's see. Um, Do you have time for... One more question.
0: Yeah, let's do one more. This has been one great. More. I've really enjoyed it. I hope you guys are getting something out of it.
1: Yeah. let's. Before we go to that question, uh, okay, I will read a question. What's your strategy when you're working with coaches and consultants and how do you help them? Big
0: question. Uh, in a simple way, I help them create a simpler business by utilizing content to do a lot of the selling for them and build an audience so that prospects become pre-sold. So the whole business gets easier, right? There's a lot to that, but we teach people how to pair up Facebook or Instagram with YouTube. So there's short form content and long form content. Short form content is great at building an audience, at creating engagement. It's really hard to have someone go deep with you and build that real sense of connection with you just through short form content of short posts, reels, stories. So that's why we love pairing YouTube. And so when I launched YouTube for my business, everything got, took off and got way easier. So I really teach coaches and consultants how to leverage content through short form and long form to make it way easier to get clients.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, that's that's great. Um, tell tell people where they can follow you. Currently, yeah, I mean, not on Instagram, right?
0: <laughs> not on Instagram. I'd recommend everyone check me out on YouTube. I think there's like, my, my strategy with YouTube is really simple. I just want to make it really, really valuable. And so I'm just going to put the link in here. Um, And there's a ton of free stuff. I'm going to direct you to a couple of videos. If you want to learn more about the content strategy that I talked about in depth, I'm going to drop that link here. And if you want to learn about how to get five to 15 clients in the next 30 days, I will drop this link in here. And if you want to learn how I sell without sales calls, I will drop this link in here. So the channel is there. You'll find everything you need, but I've just dropped three videos. Directly in there, if you guys want to check out those specific things.
1: Amazing. So, last thing, shortly, what was the biggest mistake you made in your business and and career?
0: Man, I think that I don't know if there's one mistake, right? If if I could if I could think back though, I would say not thinking big enough. So one of the things, and 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 I I'll I'll try and uh, be direct here. I know many of you are in a market that's really different to a lot of the West right? People have less money to spend. The average income is is lower than say someone like America or Canada or something like that. And I grew up in a really poor family and I made almost no money my entire 20s. Like we were living week to week to week. So one of the things that I had to unlearn was a lot of bad mindset around money, that money's bad, that rich people are evil and all that kind of stuff. And one of the best things and the biggest mistake I think I've, I've um, made is continuing to think bigger you know, I've become good friends with a number of people who make millions of dollars in income a month. Like I'm friends with a guy who's 24, who lives in Dubai. He makes $2 million income a month with no tax. So when I think about my cute little business that does a million dollars a year, I look at him and yeah, he's smart and he's, he's great and he's talented, but I realize I'm thinking so small. And so one of the things I want to challenge and kind of end on with is for all of you here, no matter your next money goal target that you're trying to reach, don't let that limit the long-term goals you're setting for yourself. Like the idea of a million dollar business right now for you might seem like the most absurd, crazy dream that you could ever imagine. And you're simply trying to make money to pay the bills. And I totally get it. I've been there. I, I hear you, but don't let the current situation you're in limit you from believing what you can achieve over the course of your life. It's that old saying, most people overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in a decade. And so if I have one biggest mistake, it's that I I let myself think too small. I was hanging around with small-minded people. I was from a small-minded country. I was living in a town of only 40,000 people where the average income was like 4% of what I make now per year, right? And so I really wanna challenge you to get around people who think bigger, to plug into different environments, to different people, to allow yourself to think at a whole new level. That would be, I would say, as I've gotten older and as I've done this more, I just wasn't thinking big enough in the start. And even now, I still don't think I'm thinking big enough. I need to think bigger. I need to realize that my potential is so much bigger than where I'm at right now.
1: Thank you, man. It's it's amazing. I I know you need to go. You have soon other other call. Uh, yeah, so it's been a pleasure, man. And uh, guys, you can write one uh, one thing which m- mean you the most from today's call. I know there was a lot of things. Uh, e- even if we worked together, I learned again a lot of things from you. So I appreciate first of all that you came here, that you shared your knowledge, and uh, gave time for this. Yeah. Um, it was great. Dominic time. has it right. And-
0: Buy chickens. sorry to interrupt you
1: yeah you should you should bring the chickens to the (laughs) zoom.
0: exactly exactly i want the next call i'm on here guys everyone should be holding a chicken that was the biggest takeaway from today (laughs) ignore funnels buy chickens
1: (laughs) great okay then it was amazing um yeah thank you you so much for having me man thank you no problem and we we see you soon and hope you will come some other time again and and share some other things to to this.
0: Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for everyone being so attentive and engaged. I really appreciate it. And I'll catch you all on YouTube. See you guys. Yeah. Here bye. You go. bye bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Scale School. I hope you found something valuable in today's episode. If you haven't already subscribed, go ahead and do that so you can be notified every time we drop future episodes. And if you and I have not already connected, feel free to track me down on any one of the social media platforms. My big head and smiling face are no doubt going to be there. And you can just search my name, Dan Bolton, and we can connect there. But thank you again for tuning in, and I'll see you in a future episode.